Welcome, friends. You are listening to the podcast for First Christian Church in Fort Myers, Florida. To learn more, join us online at fccfm.org. It is a blessing to be able to share God's Word with you today. Thanks for joining us. Good morning. Welcome to First Christian Church. I want to say hello to everyone who is in the room with us. I want to welcome all of you who are joining us online as well as those who are listening in on Way FM. We are so glad all of you are here. Right now we're in the middle of a sermon series called Made for More, and we are discovering that we were made for more than the things our human nature often craves. And what we're seeing in this series is God has put his spirit in us and his spirit wants to produce fruit in us that is all too often in conflict with what we want. And maybe you have experienced this personally. Maybe you have experienced conflict between what you want and what God wants for you. I know I have. 24 years ago, Janice and I, we first started dating, and it seemed that we were on two very different paths. I went to Bible college to train for ministry in the local church, and she went to Bible college to train for missions in Africa. And we liked each other an awful lot, but we were dreaming of two very different futures. And so we started dating, but we kept it kind of casual because, well, just to be honest, under no circumstances was I going to go and live in Africa. And so I was like, you know what, you go to Africa, you figure that out, and when you come back, if that's what you're going to do with your life, we'll have to make some hard decisions, because I'm not moving to Africa. And at that time, I had my own plans and my own dreams and my own desires, and God, you better not ask me to move to Africa. Today, I feel differently, of course. Today, my own plans and dreams are far less important to me than what I believe God wants for me. And so if God said very clearly to me, Matt, move to Africa, I'd move, I'd go, I'd, I'd, I'd do it now at this point in my life. In fact, I've, I've spent some time in Africa. Now, clearly he said, live in Florida and enjoy the beach. And uh, it is a tough assignment, but somebody's got to do it. But seriously, at that time, I had an internal conflict between what I thought I wanted and what I worried that God might want from me. I didn't yet trust in the kindness of God and the goodness of the story God was writing for me. Do you ever experience an internal conflict between what you want and what you think God might want from you? Or how about this? Do you ever experience a conflict over what you want when you know it's different from what God wants? Maybe it's a business deal you need to make and you know there are elements involved in this deal that go against your faith. Maybe you've had to get creative with some numbers but you really need to make that deal. Or maybe it's the sale of the year on Amazon Prime and that $1,000 tablet is on sale for $600 and you don't have anywhere near $600, but it's a great deal. You know you shouldn't buy it, but you really want it. That, that conflict between what you want and what you know God wants. 
Or, or maybe you need to start being more active. You need to better steward the body that God has given you. And there's this great rate on a gym membership, but you can get Disney Plus and Netflix for the same monthly price as the gym membership. And you really need the gym membership, but you just wanna Netflix and chill. You know that our first kids ministry team needs more people to help make a spiritual impact on the lives of our kiddos and you drop yours off every Sunday and something says inside of you, you need to be helping out, but you don't wanna help out. It means there might be some weekends in the month you're here two hours instead of one and you're already with your kids all the time and so you ignore that inner compulsion to say, how can I help out? Just gotta say to the parents in the room today and to all of you, it'd be amazing if you'd ask Alicia, our children's minister, when you pick up your kids today, hey, how can I help out? How can I get involved? Can I volunteer? Or, or maybe you worship with us online every week because it's easier than coming in person. Because let's be honest, nobody expects you to do anything other than view the service. But you know you ought to be coming in person or at least giving to help the ministry. It's that conflict between the easy thing and the right thing. That, that conflict between what we want and what God wants, that, that conflict between what our flesh desires, what our flesh craves, and what God desires. And, and I can promise you, I have experienced those conflicts in the biggest of ways. And so I wonder this morning, am I the only one who struggles with that? Am I alone? Are you with me? Like, what is that? What is that inner tension? What is that conflicted thing in, in, inside of us? If there are not two forces at work within us, then, then what is it? If all there is is some Darwinian desire just to do what we want, what our flesh craves, then what is it within us that causes us to go against our human nature? What is that internal conflict that says do something different than what you want? In Galatians 5, 16 through 25, the apostle Paul speaks to that conflict. In his letter to a very conflicted Galatian church, he writes the following. So I say, Walk by the Spirit, and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. For the flesh desires what is contrary to the Spirit, and the Spirit what is contrary to the flesh. They are in conflict with each other, so that you are not to do whatever you want. But if you are led by the Spirit, you're not under law. The acts of the flesh are obvious, sexual immorality, impurity, debauchery, idolatry, and witchcraft, hatred, discord, jealousy, fits of rage, selfish ambition, dissensions, factions, and envy, drunkenness, orgies, and the like. I warn you, as I did before, those who live like this will not inherit the kingdom of God. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Against such things, there is no law. Those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. Since we live by the Spirit, let us keep in step with the Spirit.
Now, in these verses, Paul sets up this dichotomy between two things, the acts of the flesh and the fruit of the Spirit. And in verse 17, he says the flesh is contrary to the Spirit and the Spirit is contrary to the flesh. He says they are in conflict with one another. And two weeks ago, we learned the ancient word for conflict can mean adversity, adversary, opposite, opposition, opponent. The flesh and the spirit, they are adversaries, they are opponents, and that's why Christians, that's why we don't just do whatever we want. We don't just fudge the numbers. We, we don't just buy things we can't afford. We don't just Netflix and chill, and yes, I know what that means. We don't just pass up life-changing volunteer opportunities. We don't just watch church instead of being the church. We don't just give in to our human desires, but instead we live by the Spirit. Well, actually, maybe we do all those things. And we do those things because we too often surrender in the battle to the flesh instead of living by the Spirit, instead of producing spiritual fruit. Now, the thing is, we all produce fruit. Every single one of us, we all produce fruit. We all produce something. And here's the the one thing we all produce. Are you ready for it? Here's the one thing we we all produce. We reproduce who we are. We reproduce who we are. My kids, they, they, they look like me. They sound like me. Sometimes they act like me. Why? Because they're my kids. They're my fruit. We reproduce who we are. We all produce fruit. We either produce fruit in keeping with the flesh or we produce fruit in keeping with the spirit. And so the question is what kind of fruit do we produce? Sexual immorality, impurity, debauchery, idolatry, witchcraft, hatred, discord, jealousy, fits of rage, selfish ambition, dissensions, factions, envy, or love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Well, so far in this series, we've talked about love, we've talked about joy, we've talked about patience and peace, and for today, we wanna talk about kindness, which brings us to our big idea for today. Here it is. In an extremely unkind world, Christians are called to kindness. In an extremely unkind world. Christians are called to kindness. Now, I want to admit this is not a glamorous call. Like we want a calling to to do something amazing like cure cancer or we want a calling to, it's so adventurous, like go around the world, dig clean water wells in Africa or or we want God to put us in in roles of influence or or authority or perhaps even prosperity. God, do you want me to to go out and change the world? Do you want me to plant a thousand churches and reach 10,000 people for Christ? And God says, I just want you to be kind. Why don't you work on that one for now? Just be kind. It's not glamorous, is it? And yet it might be the one thing that sets us apart from our worldly counterparts in an extremely unkind world. Christians are called to kindness. I just wonder if if you would be characterized as kind 
Are you producing the spiritual fruit of kindness? What others say about you, they're a kind person. You know, <clears throat> I'm on Twitter. Most of you probably don't know that, actually. I'm on Twitter because, in my opinion, it's the very best social media platform to follow sports. And so I follow my favorite athletes on Twitter, and I follow my favorite sports writers on Twitter, and I follow my favorite sports teams on Twitter, and my favorite coaches and general managers. I follow, follow all of them on Twitter. I'm just for, there for the sports, I promise. And for some of the comments, I suppose. Just anybody willing to admit how many of you are on Twitter? It's kind of a weird thing to ask. You don't even want to raise your hand, do you? It's kind of like saying, how many of you are on drugs? For those of you who are on the platform and those of you who know about the platform, is there a more unkind place in this world than Twitter? I could very literally use Galatians 5.19 to describe Twitter. Sexual immorality, impurity, debauchery, hatred, discord, jealousy, fits of rage, selfish ambitions, dissensions, factions, envy, and the like. And the Twitterverse is the opposite of kindness. People say things on Twitter they would never, ever, 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 ever say in real life. I mean, no one would ever walk up to the coach of their favorite football team and say, are you an idiot? How could you call such a stupid play? But there, there's this incredible access on Twitter and they'll say it directly to him and he might even respond. And we, we would never walk up to our, the wide receiver on our favorite football team and say, how'd you drop that pass in the end zone? You are incompetent. And yet they'll say it on Twitter and he might respond too. And, and this bad behavior is so prevalent. There's actually a name for this extreme unkindness. It's called the Twitter mob. Maybe some of you are part of the Twitter mob. Don't be. Don't be part of the Twitter mob. A mob mentality does not produce the fruit of the spirit. A mob mentality has no connection with the things of God. I refuse to participate in a mob mentality because I want to produce fruit in keeping with the spirit. In an extremely unkind world, we are called to kindness. So what is kindness? Well, kindness is just the basic definition, the quality of being kind or doing a favor. Sometimes it carries the idea of affection. Synonyms include benevolence, courtesy, grace, mercy, and acts of service. And yet I think when we think of being kind, we tend just to think in terms of being nice. But as you can imagine, there, there's more to the biblical definition of kindness than just being a nice person. In fact, I was surprised to discover that some translations of, of Galatians 5 don't even use the word kindness. The King James Version of the fruit of the Spirit, for instance, substitutes gentleness for kindness in verse 22 and meekness for gentleness in verse 23. Kindness isn't even listed as a fruit of the Spirit in the King James Version. And so what I did is I dove deeper into this biblical word that's translated here as kindness and discovered that kindness carries this idea of goodness, yes, and gentleness, yes, but specifically it carries the idea of usefulness toward others. And so if you're taking notes and you want to know what does kindness mean, that's the first definition I want to share with you this morning. Kindness is usefulness toward others. It's not just that we're nice to others, but that we're helpful to others. We're, we're useful, not that we get used by others, but that we make ourselves useful. 
Kindness is usefulness. James chapter two, verses 15 and 16 says, suppose a brother or sister is without clothes and daily food. If one of you says to them, be warm and well fed, go in peace, but does nothing about their physical needs, what good is that? We see someone in need and we say to them, I'm sorry for your struggles. I'll pray for you. God bless you. That's nice. But is that kind? Kindness is more than niceness. Kindness is usefulness, helpfulness toward others. That's the first definition. Here's a second. Kindness is generosity that attracts others. When you're useful to others, when you give to others generously, that's kindness. Kindness is is generous and giving, but it's a generosity that's attractive. Romans chapter two, verse four tells us it's, it's God's kindness that leads us to repentance. It's God's kind generosity, not his wrath, not our guilt, not his power, not our fear, but his kindness, his kind generosity that attracts us, that draws us to him, that turns us around and brings us to him. Kindness is attractive generosity. Now, we've all seen unattractive generosity. Unattractive generosity is when someone gives expecting someone something in return. Unattractive generosity is that someone gives and then goes on social media and tells the whole world about what they gave. Unattractive generosity is when someone gives to gain leverage over another. Unattractive generosity is when someone gives to get power in an organization. And none of that is kindness. The thing is, you can be generous and not kind but you cannot be kind without being generous. When we are kind, when we are unselfishly generous, that's attractive. That's actually what attracts people to Christ and to his church. Number three, kindness is a sweetness of disposition toward others. Kindness is not just niceness, but it certainly includes niceness. Rudeness is not kindness. Sharpness is not kindness. Snarkiness is not kindness. Harshness is not kindness. The Greek word for kindness actually shares the same root with the words for gratitude, gratuitous, grace, grace-filled, and gracious. Kindness is a sweetness of disposition toward others. Here's another key to understanding kindness. It's not conditional It's not conditional. Kindness is usefulness toward others. Kindness is generosity that attracts others. Kindness is sweetness of disposition toward others. Number four, kindness exists in spite of others. It's not conditional. That means I'm gonna be a kind person no matter what kind of person you are. Your bitter disposition won't change my sweet disposition. Being kind is who we are, not just what we do. When you think of kindness, you should think, what kind of person are you? Kindness is a state of being, not just a behavior. It's who you are regardless of how everyone around you acts. It's the kind of person you are. And it's just so worldly to think of kindness as conditional. You're ungrateful? Fine, I'm no longer gonna be kind. You're bitter and mean? Fine, I'm no longer gonna be kind. And our flesh, our human nature says, yeah, that's right. Like if they're mean, I'm not gonna be kind to them. 
what you're doing is you're allowing their behavior to affect your being. And that's not strength. That's actually weakness. You're allowing who they are to change who you are. And again, that's not strength. Too often we equate kindness with weakness. They're too nice to mean people. They turn the other cheek too often. That's weakness. No, that is strength. Weakness is letting other people's behavior change who we are and who we are supposed to be. The idea that, that we should be kind in spite of unkind people not only requires strength from us, it's in fact an attribute of God. And that's number five if you're taking notes. Kindness is an attribute of God. It's God's nature to be kind. Titus chapter three, verses four and five says, but when the kindness and love of God, our savior appeared, he saved us. Not because of the righteous things we had done, but because of his mercy. Kindness is who God is, not just what God does. He's kind, he's loving, he's merciful, not because of the good we do. He's kind because that's his nature. He cannot not be kind. And so we can be confident that kindness exists in God's nature no matter what we do because God's kindness is not the result of our gratitude or our good deeds or our goodness or our good works. It's simply the result of who God is. It is in God's nature to be kind, just like it's in God's nature to be loving, just like it's in God's nature to be righteous and holy, and it's in God's nature to be unchanging and perfect. It's in God's nature to be eternal. That means without limit. In his nature to be all-knowing and all-powerful, it's also God's nature to be kind. It's his nature to be useful to us in a way that attracts us, that draws us to him. It's his sweet disposition toward us, despite us, sometimes in spite of us. God is kind. And if there is one thing that God has shown me more clearly these past few years, there's nothing he's shown me more clearly and his kindness. God has been so kind to me. Number six, kindness is a fruit of the spirit. This is where we get back to Galatians 5. Verse 19 through 21 talks about hatred, discord, jealousy, envy, fits of rage, selfish ambition, dissensions, factions, and envy. What are these things? What, what is this? This is the opposite of kindness. These things are in conflict with kindness. These, these are things our human nature so often wants to lean into, but these are not the things the Spirit of God wants for us. The Spirit of God wants to produce spiritual fruit in us, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness. Why? Well, because that's who God is, because that's what God wants for us. That's what God wants from us. That's what we were made for. We were made for kindness. And that brings us to our takeaway for today. It's really simple, but I think it can be incredibly profound in your life. Do something kind for someone this week. Just do something tangibly kind for someone this week, for a neighbor, for a coworker, for a fellow church goer, for an old friend. If you want a real challenge for someone who irritates you, 
Do something kind for someone this week and, and, then, and then do something kind for someone else the next week and then do something kind for someone else the week after that because the more you do something, the more it becomes part of your life and the more it becomes part of your life, the more it changes your life. If I do healthy things often enough for long enough, guess what happens? I'm transformed into a healthy person. You develop good habits. It will change who you are. Do something kind for someone this week and next week and the week after that. And in your kindness toward others, God will transform you into a more Christ-like person. Do something kind for someone this week. And if perhaps they say, hey, thank you, or hey, what's this for? And you can say, I just want you to know that God loves you. And I thought this might be a good way to show you. And you never know when such simple acts of kindness might lead to deeper conversations where you can tell them all that God has done for you through Jesus, how God has loved you and forgiven you and saved you for heaven. Kindness is a way to honor God. Kindness is a way to show others his love and yours, and kindness can even be a way to enthusiastically share your faith. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you for your loving kindness. You've created us, blessed us, forgiven us, saved us, given us purpose. Help us to bear the fruit of the Spirit, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, and more. Help us to bear your fruit, your spiritual fruit, so that through us, you would change us. You would also change the world as you draw all people to yourself. In Jesus' name we pray. We pray this message has been a blessing to you. If we can pray for you or encourage you in any capacity, please let us know at fccfm.org.